This is Horsepower Happenings. Every once in a while, you get to the racetrack, and that pesky little bug crawls up and bites you, and you go, man, I had to dust off my driver's seat. No, I'll I'll never go back. uh, I'll never go back to full-time racing. I'm too old. I mean, there's there's some guys older than me still doing it. God bless them. Distinguished news, industry insight, and exclusive interviews. We wrapped it up at the end of last year. I will tell you this. We are going to run. You're the first person that's actually been told this officially. With Zach Heiser. Here comes Jared Horseman to the inside. He's got Max Dambaugh picked off. He's around Chase Ryan now. Jared Horseman up to third down the back straightaway. And Rich France. The number 11 Hilliker machine does have a flat right front tire, uh, some body damage. He may be able to come down into the hot pit and uh, replace his tire and get back out. Michigan Short Track Racing Authority. This is Travis Stemler. Going with Chris Trevor, the Hills Racing 47 Knot. This is Barry Marlowe. This is 14-time ARCA champion Ron Allen. This is three-time dirt car UMP national champion Rusty Schlink. And this is Horsepower Happenings. Good evening, race fans, and welcome back to Horsepower Happenings after a little holiday hiatus. Happy to get back to it. A lot to talk about this week, and let's get into it first with what's happening in a Motor City Minute. The NASCAR Cup Series returned to the new Atlanta Motor Speedway. The jury is still out for this Horsepower Happenings representative on if he likes the new racing and new racing surface or not. Oh, just kidding. The jury has returned the verdict. No, it stinks. Chase Elliott wins Sunday in Atlanta. The SRX Series in Nashville uh, to take on the Fairground Speedway. Bobby Labonte goes to victory lane with the SRX. Following his third place finish this weekend at Mid-Ohio, Carson Hosevar once again into the 2022 playoffs for the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series. Still looking for that elusive first win with the Truck Series. We ask Rich France coming up, will it come before the end of the season? And finally, Brandon Overton grabbed another huge payday Saturday in the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series taking the win in the Gopher 50 at Deer Creek Speedway. Big sexy, pocket of a pool, $50,000. And that's what's happening in Horsepower Happenings Motor City Minute. Good evening, welcome in, I'm Zach Heiser. Rich France joins me from across the way. Happy post-Independence Day. <laughs> yeah, it's been a couple weeks since we've Yeah, man, it's been a lot of fun to, uh, to, it was nice to take a little midsummer break. Eh, midsummer, summer just started. But anyhow, it was nice to take a little mid-season break and now we get back to it, and, and Rich, I guess I, I do want to start with Carson because he locks himself into the playoffs based on points, still looking for that first win. We thought last year it was going to come at Darlington. We thought this year it was going to come at Bristol, at Darlington, at Las Vegas, at Charlotte, at, you know, Knoxville. I mean, my goodness, this kid has been all over the map. Road America finishes in third. When is that win going to come for that young man from Michigan? Well, I... I mean, I, I got pretty fortunate. I was able to talk to him up at Birch Run for leg two of the Triple Crown um, over the 4th of July weekend. And, you know, he, he, he doesn't have a lack of confidence. Yeah. Uh, and that and that showed that night as as he just, you know, won that Jag Sierra All-Stars Tour feature at Birch Run. Um, but he's also not getting around real well. Um, right. And, and I don't know. Um, he's not putting any weight on that leg yet. Um, so... He's still on crutches. I don't know. It doesn't seem like it's bothering him in the truck. I mean, he's knocking off these top fives, right? So, uh, but he thinks he's going to get one. I told him, I said, I think you're going to get one before the end of the year. I just think this is the way it's going to be. So keep in mind, we go to Pocono Raceway. The truck series does uh, in a couple of weeks, the 23rd, they go to Pocono. And then they kick off the round of 10, Rich, at a racetrack that Carson is no stranger to, Lucas Oil. Raceway Park, 
Now back to IRP, 200 laps for the T-Sport 200 with the Truck Series. Could that be the breakthrough? I don't think it. I don't think it matters. I think it just has to be right place, right time. He's running good everywhere right now. Yeah, he really is. He's running in the top five. It doesn't matter if it's a mile and a half, uh, or you know, half a mile on dirt pavement road <laughs> course. It doesn't matter. He's running up front, and sooner or later the, the chips just have to fall. Something has to fall his his way, and, and it's bound to as long as he keep, keeps putting himself in those positions. Um, he's going to get a win. No no doubt in my mind, I think. Yeah, I, I'm with you there. Uh, IRP, Richmond Raceway, Kansas Speedway, Bristol, Talladega Homestead, and the championship race at Phoenix. Uh, where will Carson get his win? Let us know what you think on the Horsepower Happenings Facebook page. Rich, you've been following along with the Hell Tour this season, and you got another update for us to kick things off. Yeah, they continued uh, since we last saw each other, Zach. Two more weeks in the books with stops in Kentucky, Tennessee, and Illinois. Uh, Bobby Pierce picked up two Hell Tour wins in the past couple weeks uh, with Tyler Erb, Shannon Babb, Brian Shirley, Jason Fager, and Tanner English all picking up one win apiece. Uh, Babb's win, though, at Fayette County Speedway, Zach, the 101st Tour win for that man passes Billy Moyer for all-time Hell Tour wins. That was pretty cool. He was pretty excited that night. Um, Something you may not need be surprised at, Nick Hoffman picked up four more wins. The last two weeks, and the only reason he didn't win, um, he didn't go. He took some nights off. Yeah. So no big surprise there. Uh, we had a couple local guys, Zach, jump on the tour this past weekend. Uh, Cody Bauer brought home an eighth-place finish Saturday at Highland Speedway and a nice fifth-place finish last night at Tri-State Speedway. Uh, Rusty Slank had a nice fifth at Highland as well uh, before having mechanical issues last night. At Tri-State, the duo had planned to run Macon on Thursday and Farmer City on Friday, but Mother Nature claimed both of those events. But, Zach, next up for the Hell Tour, this Wednesday at Montpelier Motor Speedway and Thursday at Shady Hill in Indiana before heading to Farmer City on Friday, which has replaced the I-96 canceled event. And then we get closer to home with Oakshade on the schedule for this Saturday and a Sunday event at Wayne County in Orville, Ohio. And then next week, Zach, it gets really busy up here in the state of Michigan. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to it, man. I love when the Hell Tour comes to town. Uh, get a chance to matriculate over to a couple of racetracks throughout the week and right on into the weekend. That's always a lot of fun. Speaking of racetracks uh, that you matriculate to, how about the Great Lakes Super Sprints over the last two weeks? They've been very busy behind the proverbial wheel including what was suspected to be the final event ever at I-96 Speedway. A great turnout of fans and a great turnout of cars greeted everyone July 1st in what we all thought might be the very last time we saw I-96 Speedway as just that, I-96 Speedway. Uh, Some 24 Great Lakes Super Sprints unloaded on the property and looked for a shot at going to victory lane. In the end, it would be Dustin Daggett who came from the outside pole to hold off a hard-charging Danny Sams. Max Stambaugh finished third, Greg Dahlman in fourth, and Brad Lamberson rounded out the top five. The night started with Flying Phil, or the Ohio gas man Phil Gressman, setting quick time at 14.168. Then on Saturday, we go to what was once hailed the fastest 3 8 high-banked oval in the state of Michigan, Butler Motor Speedway, for the first time in 2022. And it would be Danny Sams who goes back to victory lane with the Great Lakes Super Sprints with a dramatic pass. Going into turn number three, Sams goes where no man has gone before at Butler Motor Speedway, as low as you can go into turn three. Slides across the nose wing of Phil Gressman, 
and rockets away with the lead and the eventual win. Sams came from third to pick up the checkers. Phil Gressman held on for second. Keith Shefford Jr., what a drive from ninth, ends up finishing third. Adam Crewy in the fourth spot, and Greg Dahlman rounded out the top five. Then we get five days, uh, six days to think about ourselves before we head up to Winston Speedway for the first ever trip for the Great Lakes Super Sprints. And what a show it was. Uh, let me see here. Let me get this factually cor correct. 21 Great Lakes Super Sprint Series competitors unloaded at Winston Speedway for the first ever Great Lakes Super Sprints sanctioned event. Dustin Daggett set fast time with an average speed of almost 109 miles per hour around Winston Speedway. And then he finished second in his heat race before going on to start on the pin lead every single lap in route to victory at Winston Speedway. Danny Sams the third, he finished in second. Max Stambaugh third, Phil Gressman fourth, and Keith Shefford Jr. ends up fifth at the end of the official results. Brad Lamberson disqualified. Well, now the man that's been dominating for the last couple of weeks he with the Great Lakes Super Sprints joins us on the phone. It's almost spot. like we plan it this way. That's uh, Portage, Michigan's Dustin Daggett, welcome in, sir. Hello, how are you guys doing? Man, uh, not as good as you are. Let's talk about these last two weeks for you as we just kind of recapped uh, in our stories. Goes back to I-96 and, and finding victory lane there and then heading back to Winston. I mean, just two in a row on Friday night. Obviously, there was the show at Butler uh, in between there where things could have went a little better. But you, you take that one out of the equation and, man, even being two for three right now with GLSS, that's a pretty good roll. Yeah, I'll take it. That uh, the competition has been pretty pretty good this year, and uh, you know we struggled early. Uh, we found a few issues with the car. Got working the bugs out of the the new car finally halfway halfway through the season. So yeah, uh, we'll definitely take it. Now I want to go back. Uh, let's talk about Friday nine ninety six. Uh, a lot to break down there at that race, and, and coming up later in the show. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about this with uh, owner-promoter Jeff Dice, but that was what everyone thought was going to be a really special night, and it still could have been, could be, in the history books uh, with the with the weight of not knowing what the future of I-96 holds. And I asked you about this down in Victory Lane. When we go there, your fan base is just around the corner, and, man, they turn out for you. So to go to Victory Lane, I don't know if you consider that your home track or not, but nonetheless, to go to Victory Lane at I-96 has got to be special for you. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, with Portland just being, um, uh, 12 miles down the road, uh, definitely I-96. So it would be my home track. Um, uh, you know, been racing there for a lot of years, raced back there when it was the half mile. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I, I really don't want to see the racetrack go. I really hope that Jeff can find if he is looking into selling it getting somebody in there that can uh, can actually, you know, run it as a racetrack. Dustin, I have to ask you, you know, you talked about kind of getting a slow start to 2022, um, but your, some of your competitors that you're racing against on a weekly basis haven't. Uh, D3, Danny Sams has been strong out of the gate, which I don't think anybody saw. Um, I think that's good for the series, don't you think? Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, you got to have uh, new talent coming in. And, I mean, Danny's definitely one of those new talents. Uh, you know, he's he's been running really well. And, uh, you know, that's what we got to strive to beat. 
does that make you guys hit that notebook any harder when you see other guys getting better and you're and you're kind of still working with some new stuff maybe um does that make you dig a little deeper and say we got to find this out quicker or they're going to run away from us oh yeah definitely it's got us uh searching around trying different things uh you know you always got to be looking for a little bit more speed uh you know we've kind of put a little different program in the car this year or just lately that seems to be working and uh you know just just this last friday night was the 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 best my car has felt all season long even with the wind from i-96 i'd say my car was okay at i-96 i wouldn't say it was great um so we tweaked on that a little bit and and we got we got the thing working really nice right now it's amazing how fast these things can slip away, isn't it, Dustin? We talked on Saturday, and I said, man, I went back and watched uh, Jeff Converse High Vista video recap from Friday night at I-96, and I said, I completely missed you almost falling off the top of the racetrack in turns three and four, and then Ryan uh, Ryan Rule slid in there right behind you, almost tagged the tail tank, and, man, that was coming to one to go. It, it's amazing, even with as much history with these cars, uh, some 20-plus years that you have with them, um it's amazing how quickly they can get away from you every single lap is is a gift in these sprint cars isn't it oh yeah definitely you're uh you're always uh pushing it to the limits especially when you've got the guys behind you that uh that you got behind you racing with the gls um you know it's uh it's been tough and you gotta you gotta push push the limits every time and i uh I got messed up coming out of turn two on that particular lap and slowed my my back straightaway speed and uh, so I tried to hustle it a little more through the corner and really screwed up my entry and and almost lost the almost lost the race so luckily it turned out the way it did. Now I said that Butler didn't go as well for you as uh, you'd probably hoped. You still mustered a top ten finish out of the out of the night uh, eighth place is where you end up scored Saturday night at Butler. And the reason I say it didn't go as well as you'd like to is, is uh, was it qualifying or your heat race? I think it was your heat race, wasn't it, uh, that you got up on the bike and you, you didn't flip the car, but, man, you came as close to it as you can, and it landed really hard uh, over in turns three and four. And uh, I just want you to talk about what, the, what, what a situation like that means for you as a sprint car team, you and your dad and uh, everybody over there in that 85 camp when you know – in order to get back out on that racetrack, you're going to have to thrash and you're going to have to run the B main and you're going to have to race your way into the show. Yeah, we actually got really fortunate that, uh, that didn't turn into a bigger ordeal than what it really was. Um, ended up having, I believe after evalu- evaluating what happened and seeing video, I believe the front axle, uh, broke and I, when I hit the, the hole going into turn three there and, uh, and it just kind of sent the car off. Um, luckily, we just had to replace the front axle and the Jacobs ladder in that situation. And uh, so we didn't have to thrash too hard. Um, now, you know, I just want to clarify, you believe the axle broke before you got to the turn? I, I think I think it broke as, as I hit the hole getting into turn turn three. I believe it was possibly already broken, cracked, gotcha. fractured possibly from the night before at i-96 when i went over the cushion but yeah we'll never know so yeah. it's it's uh one of them things you look at it and you can see where the the axle had a crack in it and from previous situation 
and uh it was just the the, the bump in turn three that uh that finalized the whole the the whole situation the wreck there so now when i talk thrashing so. i like to describe over the pa i say uh, these sprint cars are like adult legos uh they come apart pretty you know re- relative to other race cars that people see uh dustin and, and maybe if i'm way off base here you can correct me but these cars come apart pretty quickly and go back together pretty quickly too. It's it's a lot of uh, plug and play with these cars. Is that accurate? Uh, you know, I I think a sprint car is probably one of the easiest cars to work on, but I've been working on them for twenty plus years. Yeah, and uh, you know, it's uh, we've we've pretty much got everything in the trailer that we can replace everything but the uh, but the chassis. Um, you know, so. Um, you know, situations like what we got into, there was a lot of people that offered help, uh, you know, as we've offered help to everybody else, uh, to get into those situations. Um, you know, it's, it's, it, fortunately it didn't take much to get my car back going that night. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure that everybody would be willing to help get my car go back on the racetrack if I needed it. So. Justin, when you have a when you have a tough start like this, like you were in twenty twenty two, does that get in your head, or you guys just keep plugging away? And does it make these uh, when you can put a couple wins together that quickly? Um, does that bump the conf- confidence up really fast for you? Well, yeah. I mean, the if you can uh, definitely get a few wins, it's it's confident. It boosts the confidence up. Uh, as far as us struggling early was, uh, you know, I. I found a few things on the new, it was a new car at the beginning of the season. Um, and we found a few issues in the rear end and, and we took care of them and, and maybe, maybe even that little wreck at I or at, uh, Butler just tweaked the frame just right. And it made it, made it work better. You know, <laughs> isn't, that, we, isn't that funny as a race car driver about things like that? Yeah. Isn't that and, funny? Uh, Man, uh, that's what I was going to say. Isn't that funny as a race car driver where you go, well, if she's bent, I hope she's bent in the right direction because we're going to victory lane. <laughs> exactly. You know, and I've had cars where I've done that too before. They haven't been they haven't been straight, and we know it, and we put them back together, and those cars work really well sometimes. You know, that doesn't happen all the time, but, you know, sometimes you get lucky. And the reason, and the reason I ask that, Dustin, is you usually don't have that problem of not winning very often. Um, you don't, you haven't gone through a whole lot of that, uh, especially in the last few years. So you know, when you come out of twenty twenty two and you have a couple of months where it's like, wait, what's going on? Um, that's why I was asking you that. I, I know you usually don't have that issue. Oh yeah, definitely. We uh, we or I start to thinking about things, you know, and and. Uh, you know, it's because uh, I am getting up there in a up there in age. I am racing uh, against mostly younger drivers now, and uh, you know, we uh, when when you don't run good at the beginning of the season, you uh, you start to question some things, you know. And uh, but we just kept plugging away, knowing that it's probably more than likely the car not being either set up right or just not finding that that perfect tune that that car likes so you know we talked we talked to greg about that a couple times this this year and you know he, he he was kind of feeling the same thing he's not exactly the youngest guy of the bunch either right and um 
you know, then he picks up a win and then he, you know, waits a few weeks later and then he gets another one, you know? So it kind of, you know, we're not going to say old guys. We'll, we'll just say more experienced guys. Um, <laughs> it kind of helps to get you guys back in victory lane every once in a while. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. We'll, we'll take a win anytime. Um, you know, and then with the winning the, the race on Friday night at Winston, um, Winston was the place that I won my first, my first ever feature back in 2000. Um, it was the Pat Beebe Memorial race. It was, I think about a year after she had passed and uh, it was a pretty interesting race. Um, to say the least, uh, it, if somebody can look it up online, I don't know if it's even available. If, Je- if Jeff Converse was there that night or not, I but, think he uh, was. Yeah, I think um, he was. Um, but you know, special special racetrack. Just in the fact that it was my first win, I was running a 360 engine and won against four tens there. Um, you know, it's a it was pretty cool to to win the first GLSS race there. I want to piggyback off of what Rich said. I want to start a club for Greg Dahlman, Dustin Daggett, and Mike Ostrowskis, the uh, twenty the twenty years plus club uh, for the Great Lake Super Sprints. I think it's just you three, maybe Phil. I don't know if Phil's in that category too. Might just be you four right now that are kind of in that uh, you know the the retirement community, if you want to call it that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I definitely say that Phil's probably in that too. So because uh, Phil was racing sprint cars before before I ever was. Oh, there you go. (laughs) Now, let's talk about Winston, and I was going to bring that up, too, and and we mentioned that in Victory Lane. Uh, So we're talking 22 years, right? So you said 2,000 that you picked up that boss win with a 360, Uh, and then, you know, Saad runs there occasionally since then, but first time for GLSS ever at Winston Speedway. Uh, So 22 years later, you go back to Victory Lane. Uh, I mean, the racetrack has definitely changed. Technology's definitely changed. Uh, how, how was Friday night for you? Well, Friday night was actually really good, uh, obviously, because we set quick time and finished second and won the feature. Um, yeah. And uh, so, I mean, the track, in my opinion, uh, really isn't very much the same as what it used to be. Um, Winston always was known for a dry, slick, uh, small joint uh just uh not much grip um one lane kind of around the bottom so you know the the way the track is now i'd say it's definitely racier um a lot more a lot more area to 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 pass on i guess and dustin i was going to ask you you know you pick up the win at winston now you guys are going to hartford which cannot be confused with winston yeah um a lot of di- a lot of di- different changes to that race car because you're going to be going. I'm I'm assuming quite a bit faster at Hartford. Yeah, I'm actually looking forward to going back to Hartford um, with what we ran there last time and knowing how the car worked that time and now what I've got uh, going with it now and kind of I, I think I got the I I'm on the right path to to the right changes that I need to make to make the car just that little bit better. Greg sneaked one by me there. Um, my, my car was definitely getting worse as the time went on and his kept getting better as the time went on there at, uh, at Hartford. So hopefully we can be one spot better this time. 
Greg, Greg doesn't sneak one by you ever. You know where to find him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's not exactly shy about where he's going to be. <laughs> right. <laughs> Let's talk about the fact. You know, I, I want to give you some credit, Dustin. Uh, Rich and I, you're struggling. You're struggling. You're struggling. Three sixty finishes in 2022 include a fifth, a fifth, a seventh. Now, a 13th with the uh, NRA Sprint Invaders down at Lima Land, a track you don't see a whole lot of, then a 4th, then a 3rd, a 5th, a 2nd, a 5th, a 1st, a 3rd, an 8th, and a 1st. Um, I don't know... climbing the mountain. I, I, I don't know how finishing outside of the top 10 one time... <laughs> In the in season, and a 360 is struggling. But I guess that's just the standard that everybody holds double D, too. And I think that's got to include yourself and your team, too, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, if we're not finishing in in the top, well, I mean, one? top three. In the top um, one? <laughs> I mean, of course, we go to the racetrack to win every night. Um, you know, and it doesn't happen all the time as everybody knows. Um, so, you know, a top five's all right. When you start placing out of the, you know, fifth through 10th, I'm not personally happy about that kind of stuff. Um, you know, we know that we're a top caliber team and, uh, and we should be running up front and, you know, we strive to, to just get better when we we're when we're not good. Um, you know, so, we just keep working at it and try to make the car faster. Um, just uh, just got to try to try to keep drawing good too. That that does help. So now uh, I believe was it 2017 or 18? Uh, I think it was 18, right? That you picked up the GLSSS, the GLSS uh, championship was back in 2018. Um, so you know what it takes to win with this group of guys, but. As you mentioned, about halfway through the season, we check Winston off the off the list. Now we've got two other tracks that we haven't been to in a very long time, a couple of racetracks that we go to frequently. And as of Friday night, after the race is Friday night, you sit 35 points back of Danny Sams. Are you looking at that at all? Do you care about it, or is it all about wins for you? Well, um, at this point, it seems like we're going to have to win every race to to beat Danny because uh every time I've won he's finished second so and uh when I finished eighth at Butler he won you know so it's a you know definitely a deal where you're gonna have to be pretty good to uh to to beat uh to to gain any points on him um or he's gonna have to screw up pretty bad so well, and that's um, what I, I was talking to Danny at Butler, and, and it was interesting that you were the, one of the drivers that struggled, struggled, air quotes, at Butler, uh, because he said the way this points thing's shaking out right now is somebody's going to have to have a DNF uh, to, you know, for something to change. Somebody's going to have a DNF, and that's what's going to shake everything up. He wasn't being cocky. He said it could be me, it could be Dustin, it could be Greg, it could be Max. You know, at that time, you guys were pretty close. And, uh, you know, he said the rest of this season, we've all got to finish these races or it's going to really shake things up. And, and I think you know that too, right? One one night ending on your lid or ending with a mechanical failure, the complexion of this points battle is completely blown away. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, a lot of times I don't necessarily look at the points or even pay attention to them. Um, 
you know, so I'll just continue to go on and we, we just got to do our best every time we, we, uh, go to the racetrack and, uh, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. So, you know, try not to get worked up over the points deal. Well, Dustin, uh, we got to let you go, man. We could sit here and talk for probably another 20 minutes uh, about what you've got going on, uh, you know, and, and great stuff at Winston Speedway. By the way, another another race quickly where uh, coming to the white flag, you have an exciting moment going into turn three, and uh, you manage to hang on to it and come around and get the win. Uh, 35 points back of Danny Sams in the points battle. A couple of wins here now toward the middle part of the season. And, Dustin, this is part of the show where we like to open it up and give you an opportunity to let us know who it is that makes that 85 car go around the racetrack. Well, you know, the the biggest uh, the biggest people that are involved with my team is uh, – my grandpa and my dad, my uncle Tom, Tracy Rice, um, Gary Beard, uh, Ryan Eklund, and uh, you know those guys are the guys that are working on the cars, uh, getting them to the track every week. Um, you know, and the, I mean, Homeworks Construction has been stepping up and giving us uh, some money to to get to to and from the track and buy some tires for us and uh um michigan steel and trim sweet manufacturing um midland steel sanborn real real estate you know all them people definitely play play a role in getting getting our race car to the track well uh man it's it's been a lot of fun to watch you i'm looking forward to seeing this points battle uh, sharpen up a little bit. I'm not saying I want ill will on anybody, but, man, you and Danny are running really good right now. And uh, so I'm excited to watch these final nine races that, again, include two new tracks, Mount Pleasant and Silver Bullet. Uh, and, and actually, when you look back, uh, you did you not win a little makeshift race at Mount Pleasant a few years ago before GLSS was solidly a thing in our state? Actually, I I won the first ever GLSS race, and that was held at Mount Pleasant. That's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. Uh, We're looking forward to that. That's one of the nine races that are coming up with the Great Lakes Super Sprints. Dustin Daggett, second in points, a couple of feature wins now under his belt. Uh, Dustin, always a pleasure. Thanks so much for making time for us. Thank you, guys. Well, Zach, let's let's stay on the sprint car theme for just a moment. I need your attention here. Because I'm going to need your opinion. Because Yeah, look in my eyes. I, I, I got you. I'm right here. <laughs> uh, let me go through this, and then I need to – because I have not seen anything like this before in, in my mind. And I found this today, and I just I just had to bring it up. Um, this week, Wednesday through Saturday, the historical big one in the 39th Annual Kings Royal down at Eldora, not too far from home, uh, for the World of Outlaws Sprint Car Series. On Wednesday, the Joker's Wild, $10,000 to win. $1,000 to start. Not very impressive, but sure. good. Thursday, the historical big one. Not even the show of the week. $100,000 to win, $4,000 to start. I'm not done yet, Zach. Okay, I'm ready. Come on. On Friday, the night before, we all about the night before the King's Royal. $10,000 to win, $1,000 to start. And then we get to Saturday, the 39th annual King's Royal. I'm not going to stutter. $175,000 to win. $5,000 to start. Zach, this is crazy. If you make each show, just make it. You take home 11, 
thousand dollars. Oh my goodness gracious! Oh my goodness! Eleven K just to start the show every night. All four shows. You make all four shows. Start. That's your start money. Eleven grand. There are, uh, you know, just to put this into perspective, uh, you know, the Great Lakes Super Sprints has a nice payout for 360 sprint car feature wins. They pay on a good night three grand to win one of their features. Um, quick math says you would have to win about five of those puppies to come anywhere near that. <laughs> That's, yeah, yeah. So, uh, man, what a week, huh? Talk, we, are, we are talking the world of outlaws. Of course. Probably the biggest, you know, one of the biggest races, if not the biggest race they have all year long. But I just wanted to run those numbers by you. I thought it was awfully impressive. Somebody's going to walk away with a boatload of cash this week. When you were scoffing at 10 to win, 1,000 to start, I'm thinking – that's not you know pocket change but by the end of the week it will be <laughs> yeah exactly but zach i did find something at eldora more up our alley okay all right the night before <laughs> cornhole tournament okay? <laughs> friday one o'clock in the afternoon fifty dollars entry per team Winners get $500, some swag, and tickets to King's Royal. What do you say, me and you? I say uh, grab a case of Miller Lite or Bud Light or, you know, you like Bud Light. I'll drink Bud Light. Um, and I've been practicing. you got to get me in the sweet zone, though. If I have too much Bud Light, I'm garbage. But i got to have just enough to get loose. So uh, I think I, we can I do it. The number, I, I just figured the winnings for that were low enough where we wouldn't get all choked up, you know? Oh, yeah. I think that'd be all right. Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> Never. Zach, look, look, let's move into. Yeah, I, I thought I thought that was pretty cool because when I saw those other numbers, I said we're not prepared to do, put anything together with that. That's right. So, so anyway, let's get in a couple of winners from this weekend. Why don't we? Sure. Um, I, I know for a fact we saw this just a little bit ago. Uh, Dona Marcoulier picked up the win Friday night um, at the Tri City Motor Speedway. That's not really a big surprise, but he's taken some night off nights off there this year. Uh, but he was there and picked up the win on Friday night. Uh, our guest, who was on the show a couple of weeks ago after a win, backed it up. We said you didn't beat anybody. Well, he did this weekend at Merritt. Ryan Lamphere yeah. picked up the win on Saturday night at Merritt. Um, Zach, Saturday on the late model theme, Chad Finley picked up win number four uh, at Thunderbird in the UMP late models on Saturday. And then where I was at, at Flat Rock Speedway, Eric Lee picked up number win number three on the season in the Outlaws Super Late Models to extend his 2022 points lead. And, Zach, here's one for you. Kyle Worley, he was the rookie of the year one year ago for the CRA late model sportsman division uh, and made the chase in his rookie year, picked up his first ever late model sportsman win on Saturday night at the Flat Rock Speedway. How about that? Uh, I did want to mention, uh, just because it was kind of cool and and this kind of takes me back a little bit to the days of the early 2000s, Butler Motor Speedway in Quincy. Now, they took sprint cars off the calendar uh, last weekend because they were having their big fireworks extravaganza, so they had a lot planned. But they brought back UMP Modifieds, but not just UMP Modifieds, and I used to love when they do this with late models. It was topless night at Butler Motor Speedway. Topless Modifieds were in action, and uh, I want to give a shout-out to Warsaw, Indiana's Dylan Newsbaum, who came from third to pick up the win ahead of Steve Schillenberger, Logan Beckwith, Robbie Henderson and Rick Swartout, who uh, rounded out the top five. 23 uh, modifieds on the property for that one on Saturday night. So uh, good job by Dylan. And and also, by the way, I saw some pictures of the fireworks. What a nice job they did there. 
I saw a picture of that eight cent with no roof, no top on it, and I thought I thought Corey. Bieber, I looked at that. I thought Corey did a night. I thought the car looked good without a top on it. I did too, and he had the mohawk going too. So it, it took me right back, man. It was it was pretty did he cool. Really get a haircut and had a mohawk going on the helmet, on the helmet. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we got a big event coming up this weekend. It's the Red Bud Four Hundred. Well, it's not just the Red Bud. <clears throat> Let me practice this. It's the 46th annual Greg Hubler Automotive Group Red Bud 400 coming up Saturday from Anderson Speedway. And, Rich, uh, this was perhaps one of the most dramatic events of last season, especially on the pavement side with Kyle Crump coming from two laps down to go to victory lane within the final 60 laps. Um, And so, of course, he's the defending champion of the event, but it didn't come without controversy, and it didn't come without a lot of big names having a lot of attrition along the way and i think rich that's really the key to this event yeah i mean that's a little bullring zach there's not a whole lot of room to race i mean we we sit but then when you say there's not a little bit of room to race and you know when they have the little 500 they're three and four wide right so yeah find room they seem to find room to race um only thing that bothered me this weekend is is um you know same week as slinger you know yeah and um i don't know if that's going to affect them or not you would think it wouldn't uh, but I think there's probably some super series cars that are maybe going to the Slinger that might have went to the Red Bud 400, but I don't know if it's going to affect the overall field very much. I mean, Sammy Smith is not going to Slinger. He's going to Red Bud, right? Um, Albert Francis, Dalton Armstrong, Eddie Van Meter, the Arcaseri Super Series points leader. He will definitely be at the Red Bud 400. Um, so I don't think, you know, I, I was thinking we were talking about this before, and I was talking to Kyle a couple weeks ago. You know, you feel comfortable at going back and repeating. I don't know. It's He's going to have to have just as strong a performance, if not better, this year. And you think about Dalton Armstrong, a former Red Bud champion, uh, and then comes up short. He, he he caught the short end of the stick off the nose of Stephen Nassie, and, and that kind of ruined his race toward the end there. Uh, and, and you just look back at that, Rich, and you wonder, some of these guys are fired up to go and get that win. Uh, you know, will we see a Carson Hosevar who's got the week off? Uh, from the Cup Series. Will, will we see him make an appearance with either the 71 or the 14? Uh, hard to say who, who we're going to really see. As you mentioned, you got to survive Slinger first. If you're at Slinger, you got to survive tonight before, or, or you got to survive this week nonetheless at Slinger before you can uh, commit or get ready to go to the Red Bud. Well, one of the guys that thought he had a win last year, Austin Nason, um, he's at Slinger. Okay, so he's got to get through that deal, I think, uh, before he makes a decision on coming back uh, to try to get what he thought was his. Right. <laughs> so well, I guess we'll just have to see. But uh, I, I don't I, I have not seen a red bud that that had a weak field since I've been following it for right. the last several years. And I don't expect this year to, to be any different. But but Zach, um, on Saturday, if anybody's interested, it's not that long of a drive. Just it's north not. of Indianapolis. Uh, gates open at 4 p.m down at Anderson Speedway, qualifying's at 4.30. They'll have an autograph session in the pavilion at 5.30. Pre-race ceremonies uh, will get rolling with Zach Heiser at 7 (laughs) o'clock. And the first green flag will fly at 7.30. Yeah, looking forward to it. It's going to be a really good one. Down at Anderson Speedway on Saturday night. And, uh, man, the Red Bud coming back. One of the longest races you'll call all season, and I'm excited for it uh, down at Anderson Speedway. Well, it's at this point in the program that we would be introducing you for our second interview of the night. Uh, and as those of you on our Facebook page know, uh, we reached out earlier today to current owner-promoter Jeff Dice 
with I-96 Speedway. Uh, we have text message confirmation that he would join us on the show tonight. And, uh, well, we made some calls, several, several calls, uh, and uh, they weren't answered. So, uh, Rich, unfortunately, no interview tonight with Jeff Dice. Uh, and, and it is unfortunate because the, the future and the outlook of I-96 Speedway is in such limbo. Uh, nobody really knows for sure what the long-term future of this racetrack is. Yeah, and, and, and let, me, let me put this out there to be honest, Zach. This is one of the first tracks I fell in love with, uh, work, working with the ethanol tours, um, you know, and Mike Mach when he had the racetrack. Um, you know, I, I love I-96, and I will, if, if there's a quality event going, I will do what I can to get there if I'm not, if I'm not busy doing something else on a Friday night. But, um, you know, everything kind of started to kind of surprised everybody and fell apart a couple weeks ago when, you know, Barry Marlowe had to lease the track for his, for, for his show. That was the option, I think. Um, we don't know for sure, or it wasn't going to take place. Um, you know, Barry knows that more than we would. But And then everything that I've heard, Barry just did a great job, and they had it put on an awesome show, which Great Lakes Super Sprints always put on an sh- awesome show at I-96. Um, you know, but, but he had to kind of take the reins of that, and, and it kind of worked out for Barry, and I guess not too bad, right? It's a good thing for Barry. He's able to put a few bucks in his pocket. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, here's the thing, right? Jeff, uh, first-time promoter, takes the racetrack over a couple of years ago, as you said, from Mike Mouch, and, uh, you know, really ambitious, you know, put some money into it, bring some really big shows, and uh, it was a lot of fun. It was really a, a cool place. Uh, and, and then, you know, life happens. Some things happen with, uh, you know, the Dice family and the personal side of things and whatever, uh, and the track uh, you know, goes up for sale. That happens all the time. Racetracks go up for sale. Guess what? They still operate. Uh, and, uh, you know, now over the last couple of weeks, we don't really know. Uh, they say that they're going to close the place down, you know, indefinitely, that that, that show that Barry leased out was going to be the final straw, and that was going to be it. And, and then we have that successful event, and then they say, okay, well, now, hold on. Let's take this week by week, and that's exactly what they did. Uh, they pulled in some 20-plus modifieds for last week's show. They've taken late models off the schedule. They can't afford to pay that purse uh, for late models. And so they're running modifieds. They're running street stocks. They're running front-wheel drives. They've taken the Hell Tour date and, and scrapped that. So they're not going to be running this weekend. They're not going to run their Hell Tour date that was originally scheduled. And, and now we're on a week-by-week basis. And, Rich, I just don't know how long that's going to be sustainable for I-96. Yeah, I don't think that – I don't think – I think they had the Hell Tour on the schedule before they knew um, 100% when the I, – I don't know this for a fact because I'm not from that area, but the Ionia Free Fair is also this weekend uh, just down the street, right? Yeah. It's literally from from uh, I-96 Speedway. And so I, I got to believe that you draw a lot of people from that area and that – this free fair, free fair is pretty popular among the residents in the county and in Ionia County and and in the area. So you don't want to go up against that when you have a huge purse that you have to pay out. Right. Um, in the, you know, not just ten or twenty thousand dollars. It's higher than that for the whole field. Um, so that's probably um, probably a smart decision. But uh, you know, and then just not have a show this week. But we'll see. I mean, I, I expect him the week after to go back to, you know, IMCA Modifieds. They've been putting on a great show there all season long. No secret about that. Um, 
and I expect to see them back there. So outside of that, uh, like he's, you know, you know, Jeff made it, made an announcement that they're going to go week to week. And I guess we'll find out next week what they're running the following week. I know that that's what we're going to have to wait for. I know Barry Marlowe with the great Lakes super sprints, uh, a dear friend and, and really, you know, love his organization, love what they're doing with sprint car racing. You know that. And um, you know what? He has said he's going to do everything he can to get his, you know, three more races or whatever it is on their schedule uh, to, to go. And, and if that means he's sticking his neck out, he's willing to do it. Um, so, uh, you know, I think at least those dates for sprint car fans and for fans of I-96 Speedway, we know that that racetrack produces great sprint car racing. Um, I think we're going to see it. I think a lot of people, Rich, right now, they, you know, as Dustin mentioned, you know, find a buyer that's going to keep it a racetrack. We don't need another Cherry Speedway situation where it sells to a farmer and, and gets, you know, buried and, and you know, is a cornfield now. Uh, you know, it'd be great land for, for cornfield. There's not a lot of rocks in it, so that's a good thing. But it's also a really great property for a racetrack that just needs a little love. And the, the physical track itself puts on a great the, – the product is fantastic – uh, and, and that's what a lot of racetracks in Michigan struggle with is the on-track product. They've got it already at I-96 Speedway. Everything else just needs a fresh coat of paint and a couple of lumber boards. Yeah, and, you know, you can you can see when, you know, at the beginning of the season we looked at the schedule, uh, you know, that, that Jeff put out, and, boy, was it aggressive because I saw all these sprint car races, and then it was like, well, where's all the late models? Well, then he threw all the late models in. You can't have a huge show every single night. Okay, every racetrack knows that you have to have what they call throwaway nights. Um, it's just the way it is. You can't because you aren't you are not going to pack it full every single night all summer long. Right. People have other things that they want to do. If you can space out your big shows, you can draw those very, very well and then have your house shows that support you and keep you going in between. Yeah, <clears throat> that's pretty much how you have to do it. Um, and I expect if, you know, really, first of all, I'm going to say, you know, you and I, Zach, we're for every track in the state. We, right. we go, we go through our list. Anybody listen to our show, we are supportive of every racetrack. We give everybody as, as we kind of spread around, right? Because we can't do it all on one show. I-96 is no different. Neither one of us wanted to go away. And I bet you there's not a lot of other fans that want it to go away because I, I think if you took a straw poll. If you and it, most shows you go there, um, man, that track is prepared almost perfectly uh, every single night, and the shows they put on there are some of the best in Michigan. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah, well, uh, it's disappointing that we didn't get a chance to talk to Jeff uh, firsthand. Uh, but again, no racing scheduled at I-96 Speedway for this coming weekend, uh, and so they will get back to work here in a couple of weeks at I-96, and again, uh, it's week-to-week basis, so uh, nothing on July 15th, um, so we wait and see when when we get to go back to uh, I-96. Sounds like it'll be the 29th, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, that's what it looks like to me, I, and, and he'll probably make that announcement, I'm guessing, Monday, uh, you know, a week from tonight, he'll he'll make that announcement, and, uh, and you know, if he makes that during the day, we can break that, too. We, we can also get it out there and make sure you know, the fans, fans in that area, you know, show up and, and, and support any event because we, we really want to keep that track track going and, and as much as any track, keep it open.
All right, let's take a look at that upcoming calendar here on Horsepower Happenings. And, uh, Rich, uh, if I may, you mentioned earlier in the show Redbud 400 for me on Saturday, uh, but I'm going to have to knock the dirt out of my hair before I go down to Anderson Speedway because the Great Lakes Super Sprints are back in action Friday night, as we talked about with Dustin Daggett. Great Lakes Super Sprints and traditional sprints at Hartford Speedway on Friday night. Gates at 5, racing at 7.30. They'll also have their stock cars, cyber stocks, and HP cyber stocks in action on Friday night. And then just up the street, Rich France, a lot of fun happening at Kalamazoo Speedway. Yeah, uh, on Friday, they're going to have to do a doubleheader, and I've never seen them do this uh, for this type of a weekend, and, and, and they kind of adjusted up the schedule. But Friday, Ravers Rumble for the street stocks. Uh, $2,500 to win for the street stocks. Front wheel drive and zoo stocks will also be in action on Friday night at Kalamazoo for $1,000 to win each. And then on Saturday, Kalamazoo Clash 30, usually during the week in the past. Uh, now they put it on the weekend, 125 laps, $12,000 to win for the Outlaw Super Late Models Act. Template Super Late Models on Saturday at Kalamazoo, $5,000 to win. Uh, gates open at noon on Saturday, qualifying at 520 the first green flag at 7 p.m. And then uh, Merritt Speedway becomes host for the All-Star Performance Challenge Series Pro Stock Division. Uh, that's a $1,000 to win show for Pro Stocks. Pretty good payout. Then, of course, UMP Late Models, B-Mods, Factory Stocks, four and six cylinders, and mini wedges all on the calendar as well. Gates at four racing at 6.30 from Merritt Speedway. And uh, that's a look at the upcoming calendar. Pretty good yeah, look. There's a lot more going on, but I do. We, you know, you. We, we, I, it would be nice if we could pick them all, right? We'd be I know. For a half hour. I know. And give the whole schedules, but we kind of got to pick out, you know, the big races. You couldn't let the clash go. That's of course. That's huge around here. Uh, you know, Hartford's having a big, big weekend. So um, we'll just have to see it. This wait till next week, right? When we have a Hell Tour coming to town. Um, we're going to give, what, three or four shout-outs next week. Yeah, that upcoming calendar will be wild next week. So uh, that's going to do it for tonight's program. want to say thanks so much to uh, Dustin Daniel for making some time to join us. And, uh, of course, Rich, uh, always appreciate the work you put in. Uh, for Rich France, I'm Zach Heiser. Thanking you so much for tuning in tonight to another episode of Horsepower Happenings. You've been listening to Horsepower Happenings. Catch up on past episodes by logging on to horsepowerhappenings.com. And be sure to tune in next week to keep up on what's happening.